Hello there, and welcome back to episode number 23 of Inside the Vault, a Carolina Panthers podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Smith. This podcast is brought to you by the Keep Pounding Podcast Network. We can find us on Twitter at kppounding underscore FSSN. And this podcast is powered by the Fans First Sports Network at Fans First SN on Twitter. You can follow them. And as always, please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Um, to the back of the Sports Radio's YouTube channel, please rate, review, subscribe to that as well. YouTube.com forward slash Tobacco Radio. That's where you'll see the YouTube version of these podcasts. Well, here on episode number 23 of Inside the Vault, my latest guest, he is the co-host of the Afternoon Rush on 7.30 of the game, 3 to 6 p.m. weekdays. Follow him on Twitter at Mark Yarbrough. Mark, so good to have you on Inside the Vault. Welcome to the show, my man. How's it going? Good, Ryan. Thank you for having me, man. Uh, looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah. It's so good to have you on. Been meaning to get you on for a little bit of time now, so glad we were able to find a time that worked uh, amidst the storm that the Carolinas are getting yeah. uh, today. <laughs> some, of the, some of the rain. Um, and uh, just to lead in with that, it, it was a kind of a rainy season for the Panthers this year. A uh, 2-15 and 15 record um, is where – we were, no one expected that, even myself, even the most optimistic Panther fans I think out there didn't expect this bad. Um, so just give us a 4,000-foot view of uh, just a quick recap of the season in your eyes. Um, you know, good things, bad things, and then we'll get into the more uh, granular uh, of the discussion. Yeah, you know, Ryan, it was funny because when we talked to NFL you know, people that cover the league before the season started, there was more than one that said, don't judge this season by wins or losses. Judge the season on the progress of Bryce Young. And mm-hmm. by the end of the year, how is Bryce doing? Do you feel comfortable that he could be your guy going in, you know, to the future? Well, unfortunately, not only were the wins and losses not very good, but Bryce was not very good. And there were a lot of reasons. I know we'll get into it of why that happened. Uh, but th- this season, it just it started badly. It never turned. Obviously, Frank Reich loses his job. Uh, and, and now, you know, you, you hear uh, people in the locker room yesterday, Hayden Hurst talking about it, it was the, the dysfunction that was going on, that the players even could tell was going on uh, down in the yeah. locker room. And, you know, too many guys in Bryce Young's ear and all that. So it was pretty much a disaster. Ryan, I don't know how you feel. I think it's the worst season in franchise history. I, I know there was a 1-15 in season. I know there was a two and 14 season, but this season to me is the worst because you don't have that high draft pick to fall back on. Uh, When, when all else failed in those years, uh, you know, in 2010, you you got cam Uh, in uh, 2002, you were able to draft Julius Peppers. Yep. You got a high second round draft pick coming up, but that's not a high first round pick. And it's basically a late first round pick. So that's, that's one of the, one of the reasons why I think this was the worst season in franchise history. Yeah. I mean, you can look at it like that from that perspective. I think kind of the pot at the end of the rainbow is not coming this year with that first round pick, uh, number one overall, which we traded to the Bears, uh, as we know, um, for Bryce Young and essentially traded. And obviously, DJ Moore was part of that trade as well. Um, yeah, I, I can't argue with that logic. I, I mean, I was around for the 01 season, I was around for 2010. Eh. Those were bad too, but um, I can't imagine. Love the t-shirt, we did it all, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well, let's get into a little bit um, here. Before we get into head coaches and general managers, let's talk briefly about this roster. I, I had 
Um, Dennis Cox up here on 999 The Fan. He, he has the Panthers Playbook podcast. We had our uh, last episode, and he kind of went into that with me here. Um, so I'm going to ask you a few of the same uh, questions on some players. Uh, I'll, I'll just give you an open book. Players that you think we should re-sign uh, and then players you think we just need to go ahead and walk. No, notable players from this team this year that might be fan favorites or people that might be more popular. So let's start with re-sign. Um, Obviously, Brian Burns is the obvious candidate um, on the franchise tag. Um, guys like Frankie Louvu are up. Derek Brown still has another year on his deal, but you want to maybe try to get him done this offseason if you can. Um, so talk about those three guys in particular, uh, what you think happens there, and some of the other guys that you think might be key in resigning. Ryan, I don't know how you felt. I, I thought one of Scott Fitter's worst moves, if not the worst move, was not trading Brian Burns to the Rams last year when he had the opportunity for two first-round picks. I thought they should have made the trade then. They didn't. I anticipated by them not trading him that they were going to get a deal done with Brian Burns. Obviously, we sit here today. There's still no deal done. Yeah, he may, he may get franchised. He may be on another team next year. Uh, so he's, he would not be my top priority. You mentioned the guy right now. I would put top of the list guys. You need to get signed. As you said, he's got another year left. Derek Brown is a, he's a must. You have got to get him locked up. So that would be priority. Number one for me actually would be Derek Brown. Uh, if you want to franchise Brian Burns, look, he did not have a great year, uh, for a lot of reasons. You know, he wasn't healthy. The contract stuff obviously paid a, paid a part in that. Yeah. Uh, but but I, I, I still think he could be a, a big factor on this defense. But, you know, of those three, I would go Brown, Burns, and then Louisville. I thought Frankie did not have as good a year this year as he did last year when he kind of burst on the scene. I mean, he wasn't – he was okay this year, but I didn't think he had the impact that he had last year. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, you could argue some of the other guys uh, besides the three of them. Obviously, there's a lot of guys that are uh, not going to be as expensive as the three of them. They're going to be the uh, cheapest, obviously. Um, so guys like, obviously, Juju Jansen, long snapper, you'll have him back if you want him. Um, you know, we've got guys like um, Yitor Grossmatos, who thrived under Ivero's system. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. Marquise Hades, a few other guys as well. Um, any other guys that uh, among those that I mentioned or others that you see you might might be kind of a priority if they can get it on obviously on the cheaper end, which they're going to be? Yeah, I, you know, I look at the secondary, uh, you know, any of those guys in the secondary. I, I thought uh, Troy Hill did a nice job. You know, he was kind of an old by the way pickup they got. And I thought he came in and did a, did a nice job. Uh, I can't remember what his – if it was like a one-year or two-year deal, but I certainly wouldn't mind having him back. A guy I don't think will be back. I think you could kind of read that in, in the exit interviews is Shaq Thompson. Now, I think we were all kind of shocked that he was back this year. And obviously he got hurt and didn't play much. But I, I don't see him in the future here on, on the defense. And really, Ryan, anybody else, you know, that that's up, I, if, they, if, they, if they're back, okay. If they're not back, I, I don't think it's going to make that big of a difference if they're not back. Yeah, I, I mean, you mentioned uh, Shaq Thompson did get re-signed um, this year on, a, I believe it was a two-year deal, I want to say. And unfortunately, like you said, this year was obviously a, a, a wash with the injury. Um, you know, that would be a big loss for the Panthers long-term. But 
uh, as you said, Shaq has been an elder statesman on this team, and um, you know, linebacker. He's been injured a lot. He's been injured a lot lately. That's as you get older. That's teams start finding reasons if they want to move on, and that would probably be at the top of the list of why you'd move on from Shaq. Is just like he just hasn't been healthy enough. Yeah. Well, uh, other guys um, to walk. Uh, I want to just bring up a few guys really quickly. You just mentioned Shaq Thompson. Um, what do you think about Jeremy Chen? I, I think there's a lot of buzz with him. You know, Evero's defense, you know, they talked about using him a lot more this season. And was it his lack of coverage skills? Was it something else? Um, why do you feel like he did not get as much playing time as he has done, had, had in his rookie year, especially? And then just it seemed like it decreased over the past couple of years. Yeah, you know, Ryan, and you mentioned it, we heard in the offseason how they had this grand plan, how they were going to use him, but we never heard the grand plan. They just kept talking, well, we're excited about all the different ways that we're going to be able to use Jeremy Chen. But when they were asked about it, they never would give you, you know, exactly what that was. And then the season started, and he just wasn't a non-factor. And the times he did play, there was – I think it was game in Miami. He, he wasn't very good, and he's not been good for the last couple of years. And I, I don't know if it was just him and Everose just didn't see eye to eye. They just could never find that really a way to use him. But he, he's a guy that I, you know, after his rookie season, I think we all had grand illusions of, you know, multiple Pro Bowls. This guy's going to be such a difference maker. And it just it hasn't happened since that rookie season. It's It's, it's been a big disappointment. I – I don't know really why it hasn't worked out. As I said, I don't know if it was just him and Evero didn't mesh. Uh, I, I think his play had something to do with it. But he, they they really, even though they told us they were, had grand plans for him, they never. It felt like they never could really find uh, a great spot to use him in. Yeah. Well, we'll we'll see what happens as we go down the pike. Um, you know, I'm sure there's going to be guys that are resigned, guys that are let go. Obviously, that's how it works in the NFL. Um, we'll see kind of as, um, you know, we get closer free agency into March. But um, first set of business is um, hiring a head coach and a GM. Um, so we'll come back to the free agent targets that you that as we get to the draft talk. But let's go into a head coaching candidates. Um Panthers have requested interviews from uh, nine different folks. Uh, so I'm going to read the names off for those who might be living under a rock or maybe just haven't viewed Panthers.com or, or Twitter. Um, and I, yes, I'm calling it Twitter for those who know me by now. I, I do I'm with you. I'm still, still I, Twitter here too, right? I, I refuse to call it X. Um, Lions offensive coordinator Ben Johnson, presumably the number one candidate in a lot of people's eyes. Texas offensive coordinator Bobby Slowick. Bengals offensive coordinator Brian Callahan. Cowboys DC Dan Quinn, former Seahawks uh, DC, former Falcons head coach. Ravens DC Mike McDonald, formerly of Jim Harbaugh staff at the University of Michigan. Dolphins offensive coordinator Frank Smith. Rams defensive coordinator Raheem Morris, interim head coach of the Falcons at one point, I think, of the NFC South. Uh, also coached the Bucks, I believe, for a time. Uh, Ravens offensive coordinator Todd Munkin, who led Georgia to the past two national championships before jumping to the NFL. Um, with the Ravens, and then finally, Bucks offensive coordinator Dave Canales, who was with Geno Smith in his resurrection year in Seattle uh, last year, and now has made Baker look like a revolution in uh, Tampa this year. Um, so those are the names on the list. Um, 
supposedly Jim Harbaugh was interested in our team. Uh, so that name has not appeared yet, but it, from some of the sources I've talked to, it seems like Jim is interested. The Panthers have reached out to him. Uh, so your thoughts on that potentially. And Bill Belichick has also inquired about Tepper and the Panthers. So those 11 names that I mentioned, um, thoughts on all those candidates uh, just as a whole and who would be your top targets if you were uh, the GM? Well, should I show, should I throw one more name into that that bunch? Yeah. I mean, he yeah. got fired today. Mike Vrabel, is he a guy that you would consider bringing in here as well? So maybe there needs to be 12 guys in the, in yeah. the hopper. Culture-wise, yes. I think Tepper has got his eyes set on an offensive-minded coach. Um, yeah. But Vrabel as a culture, CEO-type guy, a Dan Campbell, a Nick Sirianni-type guy, yes, um, yeah. I think. And Vrabel knows defense as well. So, yes, I, I believe it's about practice if you don't at least give him an interview, in my opinion. Yeah. At least I, I, and I think I, I'm going to join probably everybody. My assumption would be Mike Vrabel, if Bill Belichick leaves New England, is the top of the list for the Patriots. I, I would think that would be the, would the guy that most Patriots fans – would want to say it could be a moot point. Um, you mentioned Ben Johnson. He he was my he was my guy last year, and he obviously decided not to come here for the interview, and that ended any chance of that happening. Yeah. Um, I guess my question would be, what's changed in a year for Ben Johnson? It seems like things are worse now here than they were this time last year. But yeah. uh, obviously, he's as you said, he's probably the number one guy on most people's list. Uh, Bobby Slowick, I, I I like a lot, and you look what he's done with C.J. Stroud this year, and I think that's huge. Uh, I know you're talking about young guys here, but if you didn't see what he was able to do with C.J. and uh, full disclosure, I preferred C.J. over Bryce when it came for the draft pick. I I wish they had taken C.J. Stroud. They didn't. I was okay with the pick, but I if I if he was my guy. But I like what he was able to do with C.J. Stroud this year. So I would yep. say right now those would be my top two guys would be would be Johnson and Slowick. Uh, and then after that, I mean, look, I love Harbaugh here. Just for uh, material-wise, doing an afternoon drive talk show would be great. It would be awesome. <laughs> he would be, <laughs> uh, and look, yeah. Say what you want about Jim Harbaugh. The guy has been successful every level he's coached. When he started at San Diego, went to Stanford, obviously went to the 49ers, and now yeah. in Michigan, the guy has won. So I think he would – I wouldn't anticipate he wouldn't be able to come in here and do a good job. The question would be, could he work with David Tepper? And how long would he stay? That's the other question, sure. I think. Yeah. You know, because, you know, you hear he tends to rub people the wrong way after after a little bit of time, and that's why he was kind of run off in San Francisco. So – Right. How long would he stay would be the question if they ultimately hired him. Um, my dark horse, I I think if Ben Johnson decides to just spur the Panthers and go elsewhere, um, and Slowick, let's just say, may not be ready. He's only had one year as offensive coordinator experience. Um, my, my dark horse is uh, Brian Callahan from the Bengals. I think he um, is very familiar with Dan Morgan going back to uh, their time um, – I want to say it was either Seattle or uh, the uh, one of the other teams I can't remember at this moment, but um, he has done wonders with the Cincinnati offense. Uh, Frank Smith for Miami is another one that I've heard uh, that is very well regarded as well. So um, 
I definitely think the two names you mentioned are definitely the top two candidates in a lot of people's eyes, including David Tepper's. But I think those other two candidates, uh, if for whatever reason those other two don't work out, I think those two could be two names to watch, Callahan and Smith. Yeah, and you know, I'll, I'll ask you a question here. I'll turn it around. For how attractive do you think this job is across the league? Well, it, it, you talk to people and uh, – you know, it depends. It, it depends on what version you get, but um, <laughs> some people believe that this job is attractive because a it's one of thirty-two. B, Correct. you want to. There are plenty of coaches who want to work with Bryce Young, and three, as long as you can get Tepper to get out of the way, and that's a million-dollar question. Yeah, it's a big um, if. Yeah, they're thinking. Well, if Tepper fires me after two years. I get a lot of money. I got walking around money. Yeah. So, you know, it's so there, there's a lot to like, I think, about this Panther team um, from a standpoint of you've got, you got to want someone who wants to work with Bryce. That's number one. Um, there's been talk about, uh, and I'm sure you've probably heard this, keeping uh, Evero as the DC, assuming he does not get a, a head coaching job elsewhere, and then have that familiarity back on defense. And then a first time head coach slid into the, uh, offensive play caller slash head coach and then kind of build from there and so i think that could work wonders um and and you already know this probably but listeners you may not know this ben johnson shares an agent with um ejero ivero um so both are represented by uh richmond flowers um out there so that's a little nugget for people who may not know uh that little johnson also native of north carolina went to north carolina Yep, went walk on at UNC uh, and uh, from Asheville, yes. Um, and then if you want to keep going down into the rabbit hole, former uh, Falcons coach who just got fired, uh, Arthur Smith, uh, he was a offensive guard at UNC. And, you know, could Ben Johnson come here and tell Arthur Smith, hey, come build your reputation back with me, with the Panthers, stick it to the Falcons, come be my coordinator? You know, possible. <laughs> possible. <laughs> I, I don't well, think it's going to happen. But if, if you can get Ben Johnson to come here, that's that's a big win right there. Uh, yeah, and you know, let's see what he does with the staff. But that that would that would be a big W for David Tepper if you got Ben Johnson to uh, finally get his his white whale, so to speak. Uh, he right. tried to get last year. He wouldn't even get to do an interview, and if he was able to get him this year, yeah. Um, let's keep going uh, to GM uh, Scott Pitter has been fired. Uh, assistant drill manager Dan Morgan is currently the acting uh, GM and personnel decisions. He will be interviewing for the role. Um, and then we reached out uh, and, and requested interviews from the following folks, Giants assistant GM Brandon Brown, Bucks assistant GM Mike Greenberg, Chiefs vice president of football operations Brent Tillis, Eagles AGM Alex Hallaby, Saints assistant GM Kai Harley, Ravens vice president of football administration Nick Mateo, Raiders interim GM Champ Kelly, and Colts assistant GM Ed Dobbs. So I'll start with that list. Um, who do you like from that list? And is there anyone that you think might be added to this list in the coming days? I, I noticed Adam Peters from San Francisco. I know was one name noticeably absent there. Yeah, look, you know, full disclosure, I don't know a ton about those guys. Obviously, you look what the Ravens have been able to do building their roster now into a top seed in the AFC and the odds on favorite to come out of the AFC to go to the Super Bowl. So uh, I don't think you could go wrong there. I guess, Ryan, my biggest question is how much of a chance 
does Dan Morgan have to get this job? Uh, I, I, he's well liked in the building. Uh, yeah, he's he, well liked. He's well respected around the league. And I was reported by David Newton of ESPN today that he's he's going to get a, he's going to get an interview. So yeah, uh, you know, personally, Ryan, I don't know how you feel. I'm almost as like I would like maybe just a complete kind of a clean slate. Dan Morgan obviously worked with Scott Fitter, and you know, he, like you said, he's been in the building the last few years. I, I wouldn't be completely opposed to it, but I think if I had a choice, I would probably look outside. But I, I don't think that would be a, a, a bad hire by any stretch uh, if they ended up hiring Dan Morgan. Awesome. Well, Mark, let's get into um, specifically Bryce and his development now. Um, obviously, this season uh, was not really about wins and losses. It was more about Bryce's development as a whole. And you could really argue this year there wasn't a lot of development uh, on that end, it seemed like. So um, what are some of your keys for Bryce in 2024 and, and beyond uh, to see in that development in year two? You know, Ryan, I think stability is a big part of getting Bryce back on track. Uh, look, he had Frank Reich started out as the play caller when he was a coach, and then he turned the play caller over to Thomas Brown, and then he took back the play caller, and then he was fired. And you, you heard Hayden Hurst in the locker room back on Monday talking about he thought there was too many voices in Bryce Young's ear. And I, I agree with that. Look, you can say, well, Hayden too. Hurst yeah. didn't do anything. Well, who was he to be talking? There's no argument that he had a down year, obviously, with the, you know, just he wasn't very productive before he got hurt. But I'm not saying he's wrong for what he's saying because I agree with him. I think there were too many voices in Bryce Young's ear, whether it was Thomas Brown, Frank Reich, uh, Josh McCown, uh, you fill in the blank. I just, he, he had too many people. So I think stability next year will go a long way in helping him obviously stabilize. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. The offensive line will help him. There were injuries. Uh, guys did not play up to what we had seen the previous year, uh, notably Icky, who yeah. I, I have major concerns about at, at left tackle again. I thought that was a position the Panthers had addressed, and we weren't going to have to worry about that anymore. And I don't know how anybody can sit here, uh, you know, after the season and go, yep, feel good about left tackle. Uh, and, and, <laughs> You know, hopefully Icky improves. There's been talk. Does do they move him to guard? Uh, where they some people think he may be stronger, but then you're you got to go out and find another left tackle. Do you move Brady Christensen back to left tackle? You know, I, I just the that's the only of, logical explanation I think would be to move Christensen back to left tackle. But um, yeah. hearing Icky talk about that, he doesn't want to do that. And no, right, right, and and. and um, I think I don't remember who it was now. It was a former offensive lineman who was on another podcast. Uh, and I don't remember his name, but that's okay. He said a lot of the left tackles, especially they peak in year three, is kind of when that development comes to a head. And I think Icky is going into year three next year. So hopefully that's the case for him. He comes back this offseason with a lot uh, of good technique, gets stronger, improves in the uh, weight room, improves in the film room, and just watching and seeing what he, uh, 
kind of did it as a sophomore slump this year and then goes into year three and we just see a world of difference uh, with Icky. So, yeah, uh, you know, so he needs to get better. Obviously, the guards get better. You know, Corbett came back from injury and then he got hurt again. Chandler Zavala did not play well in his his time out there. You know, that was a draft pick. So, yeah, uh, stability with, with the coaching staff, stability on the offensive line. And then, Ryan, I think you, you and I both agree on that. You've got to upgrade your receiver room. Yeah. Uh, and that may – Maybe that means you've got to deal, uh, you know, Adam Thielen and get extra draft picks, but you have got to address the wide receiver room. It just, it's not good enough. It's not. Adam Thielen, no. commendable here. But even with all those catches, he didn't get in the end zone a whole lot. And, you know, a lot of that has to do with Bryce Young, but, mm-hmm. you know, DJ Chark, uh, you know, Chenault, Terrace Marshall, obviously he's not going to pan out. Mingo was okay, but, He's got a long for, way for to a go. second round pick. He did not impress. <laughs> no, no, he didn't. And and I and I I don't know how you felt when they drafted him. And before the year, you know, on our show, I talked a lot. Hey, by the end of the year, I would be great if you could sit there and think, you know what, Jonathan Mingo has a chance to be a solid two and maybe a one. Well, right now, Ryan, he's borderline two, probably <laughs> closer to a three than he is a two. So, you know, you, you you've got to improve that receiver room to help Bryce out. Bryce did not play well, but he he didn't have a lot of support uh, helping him this year. Yeah. Well, let's get into, um, before we get to the draft, um, just briefly for those also who, uh, as I said earlier on the podcast, has been living under a rock. um, Tepper Ownership um, Group has hired the search form Sportsology Group, who in the past advised the Rams, who eventually hired Sean McVay and the 49ers with Kyle Shanahan. Um, your thoughts on the sportsology group using um, their resources with Tepper, and do you think one is it going to make a difference? And two, what do you, what what was your thoughts on on the search firms? You know, search firms are fine, but it goes back to something we addressed earlier in the podcast. How much is David Tepper willing to get out of the way and yeah. let whoever they come up with do their job? I mean, if they they can go hire the greatest football operations guy out there. But right. if David Tepper still has his hands all over everything and in the cookie jar and trying to make the cookies and everything, it's not going to matter. So, you know, search firm's fine. Uh, but until David Tepper looks in the mirror and goes, you know what, I'm a big part of the problem here. I need to take a step back. I don't know if it's going to matter who the search firm comes up with because it, it's still, it's going to be like a dog chasing its tail. It's going to be the same thing over again. Yeah. Well, let's get into free agency uh, really quick and then we'll end on the draft and predictions. Um, free agency. We mentioned receivers. Um, who are some of those receivers that you would target if you were the Panthers and wanting to spend some of that $40 million approximate in cap that we're going to have this offseason? Well, you know, a name I know has been popular, uh, people around here, T. Higgins uh, of the Bengals is a guy that a lot of people have, you know, said, hey, let, let's bring him in. Now, I did hear Joe Burrow speak the other day. He seemed pretty confident that they were going to have T. Higgins back in Cincinnati. Uh, but he, he's certainly a guy, again, I don't know if he's a number one, but he's certainly an upgrade over what you've got right now, I think. So yeah. uh, I, I don't know if they're going to be able – to go out and find a number one per se, uh, you know, in free agency. 
But if you get enough guys who can at least be a two, I think mm-hmm. that that can kind of you know help help the situation out. Yeah, I mean you got you got him. You've got Michael Pittman uh, Jr. from the uh, Colts. Mike Evans, who is thirty, um, with yes. the Bucks, our arch rival, and um, I thought I saw somewhere Brandon Ayuk is a free agent for the 49ers, but I might be wrong on that one. He might be a yeah. Year. And I mentioned Michael Pittman. I love Michael Pittman. I do wonder though, would the Colts be willing to part ways and let him walk, knowing how important he could be for Anthony Richardson? You know, when he gets back into the fold next year. So, but yeah. I look I, if they could get their hands on Michael Pittman. That would be outstanding. He had a he had a great year. Yeah. Um, other than receiver, um, what are some positions specifically in free agency that you think the Panthers will target this offseason um, to upgrade the roster? Well, I think you have to look at the offensive line, obviously, uh, see if they can address. Like I said, maybe they have to address the left tackle position. Maybe they feel like they they've got to make a change there and move Icky to guard. So that's certainly an area. The other edge rusher, uh, seems like we talk about this yeah. every year now, like the old left tackle we used to talk about every year now. It's the other edge rusher. Who knows, Ryan? You may have to get two edge rushers because we don't know what's going to happen with Brian Burns. But you have yeah. at least got to go get one edge rusher, I think, in free agency. Uh, because, you know, Derek Brown, you don't want him to be wasting away there doing the job that he's doing when you don't have any rushers on either side of him. Yeah. Um, we did uh, see a few re-signings earlier in the day. I, I, we didn't talk about this earlier, but um, Dan Morgan, who is the acting GM, some smaller signings, Stephon Sullivan tied in, who got some catches this year, uh, LeBron Ray and Nick Thurman on the defensive line. So we have a, a few depth pieces coming back on uh, defensive line and tight end, but I would agree um, shoring up some offensive line depth would definitely be key um, edge rusher. And then I was also looking at, um, another corner or two because okay fine let's say jc horn stays healthy next year cool he's your wide receiver one, or corner one. <laughs> that's fine that's one corner uh dante yep. doesn't have the ability to stay healthy uh, uh they, he might be a cap cut uh we didn't even talk about him getting cut uh he might be a, a, a june 1st cap cut um cj henderson they're gonna let go um troy hill's a free agent so i think corner is definitely high on that list yeah, and we've seen what happens when your starting frontline corners go down. Well, unfortunately, we've seen that too often around here in the last couple of years. So I, I would agree with you. I think depth uh, at, at the corners. And look, I, I thought Troy Hill came in. I, he was, you know, people looked at as, oh, by the way, he's signing there. But I, I thought he came in and actually did a nice job. But yeah, I, I would agree. Depth at that corner position, they're probably going to have to address that as well. Yeah. All right, let's get into the draft and get some predictions, and we'll get you out of here. So um, this draft, very strong in the uh, receiver area. If you like receivers, this is your draft. The Panthers obviously need uh, receivers. Um, we've mentioned O-line. We've mentioned um, corner, uh, edge rusher, perhaps get a running back in the later rounds, as those are always available. Um, yeah. What do you think is the strongest position in this draft, and do you go – off the line, or do you go receiver at pick 33? I agree with you. I think receiver is probably the strong part of this draft, and I, I think you have to go heavy uh, receiver. Uh, it, really heavy offense, whether it's receiver or offensive line. But as we talked about, the receiver room that you have right now, it's just not good enough. And uh, you, whoever the, the new GM is, 
you're going to have to come in here and address that. If it's not through free agency, then obviously through the draft. So I think that's that's an area you've got to help Bryce out. You've got to give him a little bit of help. Uh, he's just not right now in a position where he can, you know, basically go out and win games with whoever he's got out there at receiver. Yeah. Um, if you had to guess, um, who would you say would be the pick at 33? Uh, let's say they go receiver. Um, I, I like Troy Franklin from Oregon personally. Um, I also like a uh, Donnie Mitchell from, uh, Texas. Those are the two guys that I would keep an eye on there that might realistically be there uh, at 33. Uh, do you have any guys that you are hearing or keeping an eye on there? Yeah, I, I, you know, I haven't really heard anything, any chatter yet about who they could be looking at that, but I, I think you hit on two guys. I think either one of those would probably be uh, upgrades of what you've got right now. And because as you look at it, Ryan, where you're picking there in the second round, it's basically a late first round pick is what it is. So whoever it is you end up taking is basically a late first round pick. So uh, you would like to think they could come in here and, and immediate have an immediate impact because we just haven't seen it with the last, couple of receivers that were taken whether it was Terrace Marshall, Jonathan Mingo. Uh, I know it's only one year for Mingo, but we know Terrace Marshall is not in their plans going forward. That's obvious. Mingo, not ready to give up on him, right. but it, it looks like he's he's got a ways to go yet. Yeah. Um, and so before I get into the last, um, into the predictions, uh, <laughs> so my, my, this is a theory I have for the receiving room. You know, you make Thielen your number three next year. Mingo's your four. And then you have a rookie. Uh, your top draft, that number 33 draft pick is your number two. Come in and instantly upgrade the room. And then sign a T. Higgins, a Michael Pittman Jr., somebody along those lines to get you to that number one receiver. And then, boom, it's not perfect, but your receiver room is much uh better than it was last year. Um, But my question in my theory though, is this, we saw Terrence Marshall Jr. Get a lot of reps under Steve Wilkes in the interim campaign last year, this year under uh, Reich, he played, it was up and down. And then once Reich was fired, it was basically as if Chris Tabor didn't play him. So here's the question. Is it, is it, is it just that Terrence Marshall is not putting it all together or is it, he has just, not been in favor with anybody not named Steve Wilkes, and he hasn't really been given a chance to really succeed. Is or is it a combination my, of both? My my, I guess my comeback for that would be if he couldn't get on the field, Ryan, with this receiving core, whether it was at the end of Frank Reich's tenure mm-hmm. or when Chris Tabor took over. Yeah, I, I just my question is to me that answers everything I need to know. I, I don't look at it as he was out of favor with Chris Tabor. What I just think they what they saw in practice did not impress them enough to warrant him being on the field on Sundays. And again, if you can't, if you couldn't get on the field on Sundays with this receiving group, that to me is a huge red flag. Yeah. And look, maybe he does get a fresh start somewhere else, Ryan, and hopefully not in three years. He's not a pro bowler. And we're talking. We have this another podcast. And we're like. You know, boy, if they'd have just given Terrence Marshall an opportunity. I, I know Joe Burrow would love to have him back at, at throwing to him. Uh, I'm just, that's, it maybe uh, that would work or he could join his uh, boy Jefferson up in Minnesota. But, yeah. uh, 
But he is under contract with the Panthers. Jefferson here. Just bring Jefferson to Charlotte, Ryan. That's yeah, exactly. Saying. Exactly. Let's get some tutelage there. Yeah. Well, well Marshall is under contract for this next year. Uh, yeah. Like it or not, he is under contract. Yeah, right. Unless the Panthers just cut him. Um, he yeah. is under contract. Um, right. Anyway, so anyway, that was my theory about Marshall there. Um, so let's get, get some predictions. Uh, and as I said at the top, my guest today has uh, been uh, in – Host of the rush, seven thirty rush, seven thirty of the game. Mark Yarbrough. Mark, um, how many years till the Panthers are competitive? Can you answer that for me? One year is two off seasons, three. What is it? Um, let me call over at Mint Moorhead. Let them know, and then I'll come back and give you the answer. Right? <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I. It's it's hard to tell, Ryan. Look, we we've seen, you know, look, you know, look at the Texans. Texans were going nowhere. They bring in a rookie head coach. They bring in a rookie quarterback. Guess what? Texans are playing the playoffs this weekend. So it yes. can happen. It, 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 it okay. is possible. It is po- it, But I hate to keep sounding like a broken record, but I think a lot of it will depend on how willing David Stepper is to let people do their job. Hire a good football ops guy, a GM, go out and get you a good head coach and let them do their job. You don't need to be – Micromanaging, you don't have your need have your hand, your fingerprints all over everything. If he'll do that, I think it will expedite the process. So, you know, I would say I would like to think this team is a lot better next year. Maybe it's not a playoff team, but you go if you go from two wins to a six seven? or seven wins. Yeah, for me, that, yes. that's that's a win. That 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 is if I'm a Panther fan, that's a huge win if you can go up. What we're talking about five, six wins, perhaps, you know, four or five wins, six. I think that's that would be a huge step in the right direction. Got it. All right. Well, uh, time for some bold predictions. And I when I say bold, I I want your boldest prediction <laughs> here on inside the vault. Um, we'll start with a uh, with a layup. Um, the starting running back for the Panthers next year, is it Chuba Hubbard or is it somebody else? I'm going to say the starting running back is someone else. I think Chuba's still in the mix. I think he's I, – I, I, I just see them going out some – and I know they were burned in free agency with Miles Sanders, and he swears he's going to have a, a better year next year. I don't know. You can't have much of a worse year, so no. I'll give him that. No. Uh, but I, I think it will be somebody that is not on this roster right now. Okay. I would agree. Okay. Brian Burns, will he sign the franchise tender and play under that in 2024? Yes, I believe he will, Ryan. I, I I do believe Ryan Burns when he says he 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 loves it here, he wants to stay here. I, I do believe that, and I and I do wonder if if he could, what his year would have looked like had this contract thing not been hanging over his head. I, I really wonder. And yeah. they've been able to get a deal done back in the preseason, whatever, offseason, whatever. I do wonder what kind of year he had because it just. The whole weird start, the way it started in Atlanta, and the the, the hold in or whatever it was called, and it, it was a it was just a very strange year for Brian Burns. Will the Panthers be able to uh, keep Frankie Louvu and also uh, talk uh, give talks with Derek Brown in regards to an extension? I think Derek Brown gets a, an extension done. Uh, I've said many times right now, if I was the Panthers, that actually would be my number one 
thing to get done would get Derek Brown locked, you know, get him an extension done because I think he has proven he is one of the elite defensive tackles in this league now. Uh, as far as Frankie Lulu, uh, yeah, I, I do think they find a way to get Frankie done as well. Uh, okay. Did not, to me, have as good a year this year as he did last, but I think he's he's a guy, particularly at that, at that position, it's not the strongest position on this team right now. I think he is by far the best linebacker they have, and I think they'll they'll reward him for that. Uh, J.C. Horn, obviously, I, I, I don't – I'm not – this won't be a uh, actual prediction, but uh, I do not think the Panthers will be picking up his fifth-year option. Uh, my question, though, is will J.C. stay healthy in 2024? And ultimately, that question will then say, will he be on this team uh, in 2025 and beyond – uh, due to a long-term extension or a franchise. I agree with you about them not picking up the extension because I don't know how you can. He, he just – his durability is is a factor. And I can't in good conscience sit here today and tell you, yeah, he's, he's going to stay healthy and he's going to be able – we haven't seen that yet. We haven't. Yeah, and it right. just always seems to be something up with J.C.'s health. And whether it's what was the toe injury late in the year or – getting hurt in the offseason or whatever, it just seems like it's always something. So he's going to have to prove to me that he can consist. We have seen him stay healthy in small samples, but not anything consistently where I would be bold enough to say, yep, I'm confident he can stay healthy and stay on the field. Okay. And uh, the just- right thing is yeah. we've seen him when he's on the field, he's a difference maker. He can, yeah. he can be a difference maker, but it's just, he can't, he can't depend on it. No. Uh, just a few more, and uh, we'll get you out of here. Um, Iki Aquanu, will he stay at left tackle next year, or will they move him to guard? I'm going to say they he starts at left tackle, but I think the leash will be very short. If he starts struggling, I think they will make that move. But I will say at least to start the season, he is still at left tackle. Okay. All right, last three for you. Biggest Panther to take a leap next year someone currently on the roster that we that is here now um i think we started seeing him take some strides in the right direction we've been waiting for the last couple years i'm gonna say eter gross matos takes a leap next year i I liked what i saw from him the last what month month and a half yes weeks or so and we, we talked about earlier about that other edge man if he could somehow emerge as that guy that makes things a lot easier uh so i, I you want a bold prediction there's a bold prediction gross matos takes the next step and uh, for devil's advocate since you mentioned defense who's your offensive guy do you have one there i think it's going to look a lot different so it, it's 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 hard i i would love to say that miles sanders rebounds and right. has you know, uh, is a lot closer to the Miles Sanders we saw in Philadelphia. This is not a bold prediction because, again, he, he can't get much worse. But right, I do right, think right. We see better, a better Miles Sanders next year than what we saw this year. Uh, you know, and I, again, I think the receiver room is going to look so different. I'm not sure who I can pinpoint right now and say, yeah, that guy's going to take a take a step forward. So, yeah, hopefully, it's a rookie that they draft or a couple of rookies that they draft. Yeah. Uh, we'll stay on that front. All right. Uh, last two. I know you. May, this may put you on the spot. Um, who will the Panthers hire as general manager, and who will hire as head coach? Oh man, 
Ryan, general manager, I I don't have right. I don't know who that could be. Uh, head coach. I'll give you head coach. I, GM, I, I don't know. Uh, head we'll coach, say Dan Morgan for now since he's the acting GM. Okay, all right, fine. You hire Dan Morgan. All right, I'm going to say Dan Morgan then will hire as the new head coach of the Carolina Panthers. I think Frank Smith, the offensive coordinator for Miami Dolphins. I don't think – that Dave Tepper is going to get his white whale and Ben Johnson. I think yeah. he's going to end up in Washington. I don't think he's going to get any of the big, you know, the big whales out there. Otherwise, so I, I think Frank Smith. I don't want to say he's going to settle for Frank Smith, but I think that's the type of guy you're looking for. I think it's going to get the job here. Well, uh, that's a perfect way to end it. We'll see what happens. Uh, Mark, so good to have you on. Thanks for coming on here inside the vault, and uh, we'll talk to you down the road. Ryan, thanks, man. Enjoyed it. Take care. And that will wrap up this episode of Inside the Vault, episode number 23. I'm your host, Ryan Smith. Uh, Rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcast. We'll see you next time.